Hello and welcome to Podiatry Practice Mastery. Don Pelto here. I have Ari here, and we're going to be talking about how to optimize your podiatry practice. Thank you. So, so tell me uh, a, a little bit about. I think we originally heard from you from Dean Jackson and Joe Polish, and I think they originally recommended some of your some of your work with in terms of optimizing. And if people want to listen, they can read your books because you explain kind of how you got into this. But uh, have you worked specifically with any with any medical practice or medical medical practitioners? Oh yes, I have worked with many. Um, both I've worked with private hospitals. I've well, I, so I've also worked as an I uh, volunteer as an EMT. So uh, I have seen that side of the hospital system and medical profession as well, uh, and continue to do so on a regular basis. And there's an enormous amount of inefficiency there. So uh, yes, I have and. Uh, dentists, doctors, chiropractors, you name it. Okay, so uh, let's 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 talk a little bit about what, what are, what's some of the low-hanging fruit for some of us that because basically this will be a whole bunch of private practice. We all own our own practices. We're all trying to get more efficient, do more things, see more patients, earn more revenue. What are some uh, of the low-hanging so the... Um, you know, sorry, you're, you're breaking up really badly, and I don't know why. I don't know if it's on my end or not. It looks like I'm okay, but uh, hang on a second. Okay. Let me try joining from my from my phone and see if that helps at all. Okay. Because otherwise, it's it's breaking up too much. Let me try to close everything down here too. How's that? It looks the same, except the fake background. It looks good. Okay, good. Well, I can actually hear you now, so that's good. Okay. Um, yeah. All right. Okay. So, some of the low-hanging fruit. You want, that, just, you want to start over? Or you want me to pick up? No, where it's, we were? that's fine. Yeah, pick up where we left off there. Okay. So, one of the things that. It, is sort of a low-hanging fruit for, for most businesses, but particularly comes out in the medical profession, is uh, the sort of like customer journey, customer experience, if you will, right? And so, you know, just like there are thousands of doctors that do what you do and, you know, offer that service and thousands of people that do what I do, like we, one of the ways that we differentiate ourselves is with, in my opinion, with content and then with the actual like customer experience, uh, both of which are things that sort of go out the window when people get busy. Uh, content, I really, I, I can't stress enough the importance of creating content and because that really, in my opinion, again, differentiates you because it shows your perspective, your opinion. And it is one of those things where it's like, oh, I just can't sit down and write a blog post. I can't sit down and record a podcast, whatever. Uh, but one of the big things that, that I have done with automation is created processes whereby you can, you know, record a quick video and that turns into blog posts and tweets and podcasts and YouTube videos and all sorts of things completely automatically. So with, you know, 30 to seconds to a minute of effort, you can create a month's worth of content. Uh, and then on the, the customer journey side of things, you know, one, one, of the, one of the really common things that for some reason uh, dentists particularly seem to do is that at the end of their day, they will call every one of the patients that they saw that day just to check in and say, oh, you know, it's Dr. So-and-so, I just want to make sure you're feeling well, blah, blah, blah. 
you know, it takes maybe a minute, two minutes each one. And it's usually maybe eight to 12 patients a day. And I remember speaking at an event where it was all dentists. And I asked, you know, how many people do that? And like 80% of the room raised their hand. It's like, and, you know, raise your hand if more than one person ever answers the phone and uh, nobody raised their hand. And it's like, okay, so, and you leave voicemails, right? Yeah, it's like, okay, raise your hand if anybody ever calls you back and nobody raised their hand. Now, that doesn't mean it's not valuable and it doesn't mean it's a good thing. However, they can get that sentiment across and accomplish that without actually taking the time and, and to do that. So there, for example, there's a tool called Slide Broadcast, which is a ringless voicemail tool that allows you to send voicemail directly to someone's phone without it ringing. And you can accomplish the same result for both parties using a tool like that in a completely automated way. In that case, the doctor just has to record one message each week or each month, whatever they want to do in terms of rotation, say, hey, it's Dr. So-and-so, just want to check in, see how you're doing. And then their assistant can just hit a button or even, even automate it without having to have an assistant do it that calls all of those people you know, at eight o'clock that night and leaves that voicemail. Uh, again, it's, it is a genuine result that you're trying to reach achieve, you want to do it, and, and then that doctor can go on and focus on other things. Um, and that's a significant chunk of time, too. We're talking about a half an hour to an hour, maybe, every night of the sort of the customer journey. Yeah, those are great. That uh, I think is a, an easy one to fix. Now, a, a lot of these are, are you still you because I know when I read the other stuff it was like if this then that and now there's a new a new one out there to automate and everyone seems to be almost packaging these and now paying for the same thing like making content putting it in a podcast and others other things automatic for you do you still like put the little pieces together and do it on your own do you use outside services like that was I think I told you that's one of my frustrations is I do one of these and, you know, I can put the same thing on Anchor. I can put the same thing on YouTube. I don't like writing the description, but it's just, it just takes a little bit of time. And I've tried using VAs, fancy hands, all the other stuff. It's just kind of a pain, you know? Yeah, so you, I'm always trying to avoid using people when possible, right? Because people are going to sort of bring some complexity and error to it. Um, I wouldn't use fancy hands for anything ever. Um, fancy hands used to be amazing. To, oh yeah, no, I used to recommend fancy hands all the time, but at some point, several years ago, the quality just like fell off a cliff. And I, I mean, I mean, it's unfortunate, honestly, because they were real pioneers. But like, I, I wouldn't have fancy hands like tell me what the alphabet was at this okay. point. Um, and so there are lots of other services that can do that kind of a thing. There are services that specialize in that, but. You know, if you if you're willing to spend a half an hour, you can set it up in an automated way using tools like Zapier, Repurpose.io, uh, and the, I actually have a blog post on Medium that people can see that has a lot of detail around that specific one, and it really walks you through how to set it up. So, you, you know, if you're reasonably it. intelligent, which we have to assume you are, if you're an MD, right? <laughs> you can set it up. Great. No, I, I think that's because that's awesome. Because I, I think a lot of times we try to throw money at things. And without thinking and working a little bit, you can make a system that that automates. Do you still use follow up then? Because that's what I use mostly for reminding me to call my wife, buy her flowers, call my post op patients. I still use that for a lot of things, especially the the SMS section of it. That's the most. That's the best part. The email section, someone else can do boomerang or something similar, but the SMS is what's king for me. Yeah, 
what what other what other uh, tips do you yeah, have? Yeah, so follow up that is great. So I, um, I I don't use yeah, so I don't use follow up then just because the, that functionality is built into Gmail now. But if you don't use Gmail, then yes, follow up then is still my recommendation. Uh, I don't like Boomerang because it doesn't work on mobile. So follow up then works from anywhere. It's really really easy. It's, you know, and as you've seen, it works really well to uh, defer things to a specific time that you're going to deal with them in a more effective manner. Uh, so that's that's definitely a big one. The other one is uh, IFTTT, as you sort of alluded to before, is a sort of more basic automation platform. But what I like IFTTT for is for idea capture. You know, all all, all entrepreneurs, all business owners get business uh, get ideas all the time, and many of them don't capture them in an effective way. Writing them down in a notebook is usually not something that's going to actually get it done. So where like I can say to my uh, ALEXA device, which I don't want to say because she'll respond right now. Um, in any room of my house, I can say like, hey, um, add this thing to my to-do list or my um, my, uh, my shopping list, I think is what it is. And then that will actually make a card in my Trello board with that thing, which is done through IFTTT. And then at the end of the night, I can go into Trello and sort of sort through all the different ideas that uh, I've captured throughout the day and actually like, you know, put them into action. No, that, that's, a, that's a good one. How about scribes? What are your thoughts about scribes in terms of documentation of notes for doctors? Uh, what? Wait, sorry, what's that about notes? Scribe, like using a scribe in your practice versus typing notes. Yes, so that's that is a really good one too. You know, there, there it depends on the kind of practice. Obviously, you know, some doctors have more patient notes than others. Or what you're kind of dealing with. Um, but yes, that is a really good one. Uh, there are some really good services that can do it really cleanly in an automated way, like otter.ai. So otter, like the animal, otter.ai, uh, which I really like. Um, but uh, yeah, there are there's there's medical scribe services that are HIPAA compliant that you can do recordings with and things like that. They don't have to be live in the room, obviously. Uh, and those things can be outsourced very effectively as well. And then they can put all that information into your EMR, obviously. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, how about in terms of as a as a as a, a doc in terms of marketing, automating marketing? Like you, you talked about creating one piece of content and then just some people recommend that, others say, oh, that like it was the old Brendan Bouchard recommended that, and now it, everyone's changing their their philosophies. Oh, we can't use the same content over in a lot of different places. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, so those are the same people that say, like, you can't do the same content everywhere, so I'm just not going to do content right now. Like, and so then how does that work, right? Um, sure, at some point, it'd be great to have that. But at the very least, we know, for the most part, that most of the algorithms, like, they're going to look at how much you're posting, how often you're posting. And obviously, like, we don't want to just spam services. But if you're posting once every six months, like, you're not going to get very much attention, no matter how good your content is. Mm -hmm. I see what you mean. Yeah, because we're not doing to that extent that we're going to get people are going to notice no one's going to look you, you think they're looking at multiple platforms they don't if they're using twitter they're looking only at twitter absolutely instagram and things like that let's talk about getting away from actually making our money as doctors seeing patients and looking at some other opportunities like as an entrepreneur amazon you know the amazon marketplace where you can sell stuff uh kajabi to create your own courses developing your own YouTube channel and making money on YouTube. Any thoughts to any of those that ring, ring something in your head? So um, 
I think that TikTok is like the platform for a lot of that kind of thing right now. Um, I was so, so I have installed and deleted TikTok nine times on my phone because I tried it. I hated it. Tried it again and like was almost like disgusted by it. And, then, and now I love it. Now I like I finally like have gotten it and I really like it. And for me, a lot of it is um, emergency medical stuff, so medical stuff in general, and then woodworking content because I do a lot of woodworking. So I, I love TikTok now. And I do get a lot of, there are a ton of products that I end up buying now from TikTok and services, like gifts for my wife, things for the house, and it's all coming from TikTok. So the algorithm in TikTok is amazing. And uh, who is it? It's Dr. Dr. Mike, you know, is like the number one doctor on, uh, on YouTube and also on TikTok. Now you don't have to be that for it to be, you know, matter for you or for it to make, um, for, to make an impact. If you want to make ad revenue, obviously you have to have millions and millions of followers. But for a lot of people, it really is that exposure. And maybe uh, if you're a doctor that has your own products, then it's a really good platform for that kind of a thing to be able to sell it. So uh, Amazon is tricky, in my opinion. Uh, you can, it depends what you're selling. It depends how you're doing it. It can be an enormous time suck uh, for not a lot of return. But there are certainly people that do that for fun. Like my, my wife is like an expert at shopping at uh, TJ Maxx and Home Goods and stuff like that. And there are always times where we'll find things there where it's like, oh, look, you can sell this for like a $60 profit on Amazon. Um, so there's that. The, I think courses are still really big. Um, so like I am actually just in the process now of filming my third round of courses with Creative Live. It's a huge marketplace for online learning, not just because of the pandemic, but certainly that accelerated things. Uh, so, and and I think, people are always looking for ways to improve their health and wellness without going to a doctor, you know? So, uh, of course, um, courses are a good one as well. Kajabi, I think is very complex. Uh, I would, I would look more like a platform like Skillshare or Udemy, mm -hmm. uh, that has a really great built-in audience and, uh, an easy way to create that content. And also I would say like, don't get held back by thinking that you need to have like a great studio with a mic and lighting and everything. And that's why you're not producing your content. Some of my most successful courses have been filmed on a handheld gimbal with my phone walking down the street in Brooklyn. I, I, I like that. What, what I really like about what you said is they already you're going to a platform that already has an audience. Because my challenge, if I make a heel pain course on Kajabi, if I don't have an audience, I don't have anyone looking at it. And they already have their own audience. So I, I, I think that that's key when you, when you do it that way. Let's talk about... Um, using um, your optimize, automate, and outsource kind of as a thinking tool. So I'm a, I'm a you know, I don't know, if you, I don't know if you're still in strategic coach. I still think about thinking tools a lot. And so I'm like, well, how can I apply this once, once a month? I'm going to have it remind me once a month with follow-up then. Do an, I'm going to make a little worksheet, optimize, automate, outsource, and kind of work through some of these things in my practice to make it better. So how would you go about doing that in terms of just writing on a piece of paper or any other kind of workflow of like, actually you, cause I think we get ideas as entrepreneurs, but we don't implement them. Yes. Right. Absolutely. Um, and uh, I appreciate you sending me that impact over, by the way, I'm not still a strategic coach, mostly just cause I don't travel right now, but uh, I'm a big fan of Dan and everything that he's created. The, the, so the framework is, is, the order is really important. So optimize, then automate, then outsource. A lot of people reverse that. They try to outsource first, right? As you said, throw money at the problem, right? A lot of people try to throw people at a problem, you know? And if you do that, if you take an inefficient process and hand it off to another person, and then at the same time, you're doing that and expecting them to actually produce a better result, it's like asking for failure, you know? 
So we need to optimize first, which means looking at how we do what we do now, identifying the processes that we go through, where are the resources headed, how much time are we spending on different things, how much money. Uh, and once we sort of shine that light, inefficiencies arise that we can start to eliminate inherently. After that, that's when we start to look at automation. So we want to create systems and processes that replace what those people do well before ever getting to a person. Because at that point, when we do get to outsourcing, because we need to, we're outsourcing stuff that somebody can actually engage with and sink their teeth into and really bring value to and feel empowered. Yeah. And so would you, so let's, let's so optimize, would you put that into like a, a, the unique process type of a thing or, or just any way, just write down what the process is, just do a little step one, step two, step three, and then any improvements you would do or an impact filter or, or, you know, I'm just, I'm, you know, maybe that's just my, my mindset. What tools do I use? Do I just write it in my journal? I could journal it. Okay. Let's look at this process, how I do content for patients. I do one, I do one YouTube per week for my YouTube. And then how do I then send it to every everywhere else. Now, sometimes I get hung up and I don't know what you do when you get hung up. Let's say, okay, I theoretically know I can send this to Twitter, to everything else, but then I'm like, I get stuck and, and I waste time thinking, how the heck can I get out of this stuck? Well, right. So a lot of the experience of overwhelm that people have is because they don't know what's causing the overwhelm. So sometimes just having some identification and awareness of what that information is or like what the data is or whatever around us is actually really helpful. And that control serves as an antidote to stress in many cases. Um, and so uh, the example, the sort of the imagery I always like to use is you can't read the label from inside the jar. Right. So we need that opportunity to sort of get out, shine that light. The writing of the process is an interesting one. So a lot of people will do that. They'll write down the process and they'll give it to somebody else to do. But the problem with that is that they end up writing down processes that include heuristics and shortcuts that they have in their brain that they haven't explicitly identified. And then it doesn't work very well. So what we actually want to do is show somebody how to do a process and then ask them to write the checklist. And when they write it, we have them give that to somebody else and have them actually run through the process which will never, ever work. It never does. But now what happens is we get a very granular chance to correct issues. Uh, so, that, you know, like this, the person, this third party gets to step three, where it says, you know, open, uh, open the patient's uh, uh, chart from the EMR, right? And this person is like, which chart? How do I access it? You know, like, oh, right. Yes. Okay. So instead of saying the person's chart, it should be like, open this link, click this link. The password and access information is in this folder in your password manager, right? Yeah. Uh, and then we get to step seven and it's like, okay, now attach uh, the, you know, patient's x-rays, their imagery, right? Well, where, where, are, where's the imagery? Where do we keep that? Oh, right. Yeah. We have that on the shared drive. So now we have the link. So what we do is we go through that now and we've now and do that step by step. And now you end up with a process that you have now shown works not just at the secondary level, but at a tertiary level, yeah. which means that you could literally grab somebody off the street and have them run through that process. And what you've now done is eliminated training. That's that's key. That's I learned this from you when I when I used to use fancy hands, I sent them to do something and they came back with me. And whenever they, it was a Google Doc, and I actually added stuff right as they were doing it, and they and they fixed it and they could do it a lot easier. Um, but that, that's, that's key. I think, wow, that's great. Well, thank you. I think, uh, I think we've covered enough here. I, I, that was a great tip here. If people want to learn more, uh, about you, are you, how do they do that? Uh, everything is at lessdoing.com. Cool. Right. Thank you so much. I, I appreciate your time and, uh, sharing your tips. Thanks for having me.